KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. My name is Matt Leon. The app TikTok has been in the news a lot lately, and not just because it's incredibly popular, it is also in the crosshairs of the U.S. government. Why is that? What does that mean? And what could happen as a result? To sort all this out, we reached out to Salil Mera. He is the Charles Klein Professor of Law and Government at Temple University's Beasley School of Law. Really fascinating stuff. Give a listen. So let's start at the beginning. TikTok is at the center of this, and this is basically a wildly popular app that allows you to make uh, short videos really, really popular with the kids. That is correct. Currently, who owns it? So uh, a Chinese company called ByteDance is the controlling owner. So what's the main concern of the U.S. government with TikTok? Why are they so worried about it? Well, I think there are a few different reasons. Uh, One is a general sense that uh, it is taking up a lot of data. So some of the folks, there's some uh, experts who have reverse engineered it, say, look, this is taking in much more data in exchange for the services it provides than it needs to to provide those services. So, you know, a lot of platforms, they offer you a variety of services, whether it's connection or the ability to meet an audience, get an audience, what have you, in exchange for or or to watch uh, an influencer or performer in exchange for your personal data. And the idea is that it's taking way more data than it needs and that similar platforms need in order to to do this. And so that's the first thing, is that 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 sort of mass collection of data of Americans might be a problem. What else? Because on the surface, that seems... Maybe not great, but given the the cyberspace we operate in, it it doesn't, to me as someone who doesn't use TikTok, doesn't seem to rise to the level of something where the president is signing an executive order and trying to squeeze this company to force it to sell. I think there have been some warning signs a little bit. I mean, you know, the U.S. military has um, ordered its personnel not to use this app. I, I assume that part of that is the data it takes in could be location data, could be other things. Additionally, you have, um, it has a, a series, uh, it's kind of a history of taking in data from minors, uh, ch- children, actually in violation. We don't have a general consumer privacy law in the United States. California has a state law, but we don't have a general law except for when it comes to children. Uh, there's a law called the uh, COPA, or the Children Online Privacy Protection Act. And, you know, the Basically, TikTok violated this in 2019, entered into a settlement with the FTC, and is alleged to be violating it again now. So there's a question of, are they actually going at children to take in data on U.S. citizens that could be sensitive? Mention that the president signed an executive order specifically aimed at TikTok. What, is it, what did it say? What does it do? So it's basically um, going to prohibit TikTok from operating in the United States um, unless it divests uh, from Chinese ownership. Part of that is this concern that ByteDance is subject to Chinese laws that make its compliance with the Chinese security apparatus more or less mandatory. So while we might not be that concerned about data just being taken in by a private company, you know, full stop, if we knew that private company was based in China and subject to 
sort of the command and control of the Chinese state's security apparatus, that might make us more concerned. Let me just add that um, TikTok's actually currently under a national security review that was reported to have been at least underway as of last fall. There's a another sort of committee on foreign investment in U.S. security that has had the essentially recommends to the president whether or not to block uh, foreign investments into the U.S. when there's credible evidence that uh, it could impair our national security. And the president, whoever the president may be, has had the power to do that since 1988. And there was already an investigation in progress last fall, well before the you know, the COVID or the pandemic or, or even this period's executive order, there's long been this review and we weren't sure what was going to happen because it's more or less a closed door review. If I read correctly, the executive order gave basically 45 days for something to happen. Am I correct? And Yeah, so I believe that's correct. The 45 days um, run into September, essentially. So what do you see happening here? Do you think, I think I saw TikTok will is suing the government, or I guess I would assume the the company is suing the government. Uh, What is the company's argument here? So I think that there's a general concern about sort of the government putting pressure on private industries to, for example, sell units or buy units. In general, we don't do that except pursuant to a kind of due process. Like you've seen in the past, you've seen lawsuits where, uh, AT&T wants to buy Time Warner and there's a lawsuit and, and they fight it out in court. And I think TikTok's argument essentially is going to be, look, we are not getting that kind of due process. I think they've got a, a slight problem just because, you know, there is actually law in the books that specifically gives the president the ability to do certain things like block or even unwind foreign investments that harm national security. Um, so I'm not sure how reviewable that is, too. It's difficult to get a court to say, oh, we think the national security means something different than what the executive branch thinks it means. So I would have, it would appear there's a crossroads here. If TikTok is not sold, let's deal with that. If they dig in, say we're not divesting, we're staying the course, how does this play out? Is it just basically all of a sudden kids go on their phone and the app's no longer available? It's one possibility. That's what's happened. Um, you know, India did that in, um, you know, I guess in July. Uh, Australia's talking about it. I'm not sure if they've actually pulled the plug on on TikTok yet. And, and that's one possibility is is to actually sort of use the U.S.'s own cybersecurity abilities to bring down or can close that site off from the U.S. And now let's look at the other road. If the company decides, you know what, it's just not worth it. Let's get what we can out of this and avoid the headache. I've heard Microsoft interested. How could this play out? And why would Microsoft have an interest here? Well, I I mean, I've read sort of what uh, is in the press, and there's a few reasons. One is they think this is a good deal. (laughs) You know, they've got a uh, sort of a, a seller who's kind of under fire, or holding their feet or being held to the fire. That's the first one. The second is Microsoft doesn't have a particularly strong position in social media right now. And this allows them to get into that space. Um, It might not be a natural fit, but if they were thinking of getting into it, it might be an opportunity that's maybe too good to pass up. 
and let's say an American company, Microsoft, whoever, does become the majority owner or full owner, however it plays out, are we confident that they aren't going to be collecting just as much data, but nobody seems to have a problem with it because it's a U.S. company? I mean, I think th- there's a couple of things you got to ask. One is, are you more confident about their ability to sort of push back on, for example, what does the Chinese government want to deliver in terms of um, data that they say is relevant to their security? And maybe that Microsoft's in a good position to say, you know what, we're not going to give you that, right? And maybe Facebook is too, and maybe Google is as well. So that's one thing. The other uh, sort of wrinkle on it too is that in addition to that sort of national nationality, et cetera, concern, there's a kind of design, privacy by design issue. Microsoft may simply not feel the need to take in as much data um, in order to accomplish whatever their corporate goals are. Um, and that, that, you know, you can't disclose to a security, foreign security apparatus. You can't disclose stuff you don't have. So that's another possibility. How unusual is this whole situation? Are there any examples from the past that you would kind of draw a correlation to, uh, you know, kind of, kind of walk us through if we've been here before? So I think the closest example that people would point to is a, a situation that happened in the context of the sale of the parent uh, corporation of the Grindr uh, app, which, you know, is associated, it's often referred to as an LGBT dating app. I, I have a LGBT colleague who has pointed out that it's actually a broader social platform. But at any rate, it, it uh, attracts a lot of uh, information about people's personal relationships. And essentially, a U.S. company that owned Grindr was being acquired by a Chinese firm. And about two or three years ago, pursuant to one of these national securities reviews, these uh, CFIUS, the U.S. government required the transaction to spin the Grindr app separately off into a U.S. owner. And while that's a kind of closed-door review, the suspicion or the feeling at the time was that the U.S. government was not comfortable with a lot of information about its citizens' uh, private relationships in the hands of a Chinese company that was subject to pressure from the Chinese national security apparatus. How do you think this ends? How do you, what do you think is the most likely path that this follows? So if people are all rational... Um, and, and that's always a big caveat, I think, nowadays. You know, for TikTok to be closed out of, to have their U.S. operation more or less closed down is just a loss of investment. To me, it seems like it would make a lot more sense for them to sell it for something valuable than to see it sort of closed down. Because part of the deal with a lot of these platforms is they benefit tremendously from a kind of what we call network effects, which is the more people use it, the more valuable it is to everyone on the platform. But that can work in reverse too, which is if you start losing people, perhaps they can't access it because you know it's being blocked. That makes the platform kind of spiral downward, kind of a death spiral, um, because the less people use it, the even less worthwhile it is for everybody else on the platform. And so I think for them, they have to be a little concerned about that. I would expect that they have strong incentives to sell um, for what they can get. We are a such a connected global economy. Do you expect as the years go on, we're going to see more and more of this where, you know, companies, apps, whatever, uh, that have global reach, but maybe come from places we're not comfortable with. Will we see more machinations like this, you think, going forward? 
I would expect so because I think you know the the system of international or globalized trade really was designed with the idea that we're going to move car parts or agricultural products and things like that. And I think that it really wasn't designed to handle some of the personal data exchange that's going on here. And that, to the extent that that data, that information is seen as, as a problem, right, to have in others in, in a foreign government's hands, I would expect that we're going to see uh, more of this kind of uh, review, security review. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.